Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's a big elephant in the room about what is coming next in this podcast. And please... Let me say something loud and clear. There is no way I can make another episode as good as the first one. That's also one of the reasons it took so long to come out with a new episode. I didn't want to face this moment, this particular moment, when I'm going to maybe disappoint you. So please, now play your part. Close your eyes, dig into your memories, focus on something peaceful, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. And now, calmly, Lower your expectations. Yes, like this. Good. Prepare your spirit to a normal narrative podcast made with stories sometimes good, sometimes not so good, like any other average podcast we have already listened to. And now that you are ready... Welcome to the so-awaited second episode of Meet. In this episode, Uncle Jean will tell us what happened to his hair when he started listening to reggae. Welcome again, I'm Jonathan Zenti and this is Meet. Last year, I knew I was going to Antwerp in the Flemish Belgium. 
One of my best radio friends, Katarina, lives there, and I ask her if she would like to work together on a story for the podcast. She started sending me voice messages with her discoveries, to which, frankly, I didn't know how to reply. Hey Jonathan, um, I just found this historic story where somebody was cooked in a very large pot. So this is a story about cooking a body. Uh, hello Jonathan, would you be interested in a case of auto-cannibalism? Hey Jonathan, so I read this story about a girl who ate her hair and it made a ball in her stomach but she died. Hello, Katarina. There are a lot of corpses in your stories. Can you find something that doesn't end with a death? Hello, Jonathan. I was just thinking, I just heard a story here um, about a man who stole a hot dog. And while he was running away, he tried to eat the hot dog, but then he uh, died. Yeah, another sad story. Yeah, I know that you think I'm too serious. Hello, Jonathan. So I'm uh, skiing and I was just thinking, uh, isn't there a possible story about people who went skiing and then got lost and had to eat each other? Oh my God, isn't there anything lighter happening? Uh, I don't know, a story related to the body, but with an inner smile. I have a friend who is a part-time shaman and she always told me that I should do ayahuasca. So I was considering doing it, but um, I heard it involves a lot of uh, throwing up. Sorry, Katerina, but I don't have any insurance. Uh, if something happens, I can't pay. Okay, perhaps there is one more story I'm thinking about. Um, I'm not sure if it fits your podcast, but... My uncle Jean, uh, who's also my godfather, he just turned 70 recently. And about two years ago, he finally decided that he was old enough to make his own decisions. And he finally got dreadlocks. He's my uncle. So if you want to come and visit me, you're very welcome. Great. Here it is. The light, shiny story I was looking for. Hair, dreadlocks, rasta, reggae. Easy peasy. So I fly to Belgium. I meet Katharina in Antwerp. In a typical Belgian rainy day, we drive to the small city of Leuven, the capital of the Flemish region. Uncle Jean lets us in, we have a tea together in the tiny kitchen, and then we go upstairs to the garret to start the interview. While I'm still setting up my equipment, Katharina and Jean began to talk about the portraits on the walls. And when I'm drawing, I see more than I saw before. For example, when I don't find a person sympathetic, after a while when I'm drawing it, the, the drawing is, he has a very sympathetic face. And I said, oh, I saw things that I didn't saw before. And I'm looking for things that I recognize for emotions and expressions in the face. Well, after a while I, I needed to do almost every day, more and more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here waiting to ask my first question, but they are still talking and I don't want to interrupt them. And you are quite often the subject. You're quite often in your drawings or paintings. Not always. 
when I make self-portrait, it's uh, when I don't feel so good. It's funny because I would think that uh, self-portraits are appraisal of yourself, but it's not for you. you no, not for me. I, I like even more showing my bad side or weak side or stupid side than to show a good side of me. Somebody wants to make a self-portrait where he can imponate other people of where he is very proud of himself. I don't find that the true. I try to catch Katarina's eyes, but she's looking into her uncle's paintings as if she's trying to find something hidden behind the brush marks. Something she doesn't know. Something she's eager to find. Time is running and I didn't have the chance to make any question yet. I followed them through their tour of the house while they'll discuss the music influence behind Jean's painting, waiting for my turn to finally ask something. Reggae music has a very big influence on me. Well, I feel it, the music like it goes straight to my heart. For me, I listen to reggae and all my sharp and negative feelings are gone away. I have more respect for other people. I found more love in myself. And also, it, it cheers me up. Uh, it's a good medicine when I listen to reggae. And that's all from before you were born. <laughs> a long time. It's in the mid-70s it started. Before it was uh, Jimi Hendrix and the Stones and the Beatles and the Who and psychedelic music and Pink Floyd. But after a while, I came in a very bad, dark period of my life, feel very bad. I see Katarina's eyes blinking, as if an arrow of curiosity hit the back of her head. I get the feeling that she's hearing something new to her. Later on that night, while we will be drinking the last shot before going to bed, she will tell me she knew almost nothing about what she has been learning that day. I never heard the whole story about Uncle Jean. I remember my father telling me that when he was 18 or 19 years old, he got a phone call that his older brother was in an asylum in the Netherlands, that he had to go and visit him there alone. It's not that it was a taboo, but we never really talked about it. So. But what happened in the dark period? What, was there any particular... Thing that happened yeah, I, 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 I lost my way. It, it, I was, I, I lost my way. It, I find myself in the middle of this river of untold past that starts floating in. I try to make myself as little as I can, not to interrupt this moment. An uncle and a niece, a godfather and a goddaughter, sharing a dark side of their family past for the first time. I stay here, in a corner, still holding the microphone in my hands, tidying Jean's story pieces up to have a clue of what Katarina is finding out. Jean was born in Serpeneuvel, a small town 50 kilometers far from Brussels, when they say that the Holy Mary created a miracle in the 16th century. Every year, especially in the month of May, there came a hundreds and hundreds of pilgrims to that place and there were uh, people who are singing all the time and I was uh, a quiet child, a dreamer. I was much in nature, I was very sensible. 
when I grew up, I, I, I went become a rebel and I was... But how did you become a rebel? Jean became a rebel because he was unable to stand the senseless severity of the internat, the boarding school his family had sent him to. And they were very strict, uh, severe? Strict. Strict and very, it was like uh, in the army, maybe worse than the army. Most of the teachers were priests. And I get sick there in the beginning. It was the end of the 50s, and half a world was becoming a rebel along with Jean. In those times, there were a change in. I began to have sympathy for rock and roll because rock and roll was forbidden and was from the devil. I let my hair grow. As far you can do that in that school. Then there was a priest who said, uh, Smets, you look like a, a leather boy or a teddy boy or something. And I was so proud, I was so, oh, that was what I wanted to be. After the boarding school, Jean moved to Ghent, a bigger town with a well-known art school. He found the hippies and joined them. Jimi Hendrix, Kenneth Heath, um, The Mothers of Invention, Grateful Dead, Hot Yuna, and when I discovered Santana, that was marvelous for me. I am a hippie. Those years was, were those first two years were years of freedom, many friends, adventure. Uh, I traveled Turkey, Afghanistan, Iran, uh, Malaysia, India, Pakistan, Indonesia, Bali, Sumatra. I stayed there, I lived there in, in houses on pillars in the middle of the jungle. But for Uncle Jean, what happened at the end of the 60s wasn't just a trend or a pleasant break from a middle-class life, like it was for almost all his friends. It was his life, and he threw all himself in it. During all those journeys, he absorbed everything he found on his way, maybe too much. I experienced with all kinds of drugs. I was with a woman who has a big influence on me, but uh, it was finished after a while, and. Uh, my world uh, was falling apart. Then I had bad experience with drugs. I didn't know who I really was. It was so bad that I get three times in a psychiatric hospital. And that makes it worse. What began as a colorful journey ended up in the darkness of a psychiatric hospital. When you're in psychiatric, that's the lowest place you can be. Everybody's joking with fools or mad people. You have a very low idea of yourself. And it costs a lot of time and hard working to get out of that. It was when he reached the bottom of his dark hole that Jean saw a rope coming from above. It was a warm evening of summer in 1975. He was in the living room of the psychiatric hospital watching a movie on TV when for the first time his ears heard a reggae song. I, I like to know what song it was and I like to see that movie again. It was a black and white movie and it was about uh, a young black boy who was living in England and his father was a sailor. He has younger brothers and sisters always from mixed race. The father was black and the mother was white. And then um, many times there was reggae music uh, to hear in that movie. And then there were parties with black people that 
are dancing, playing reggae music. All the time you hear reggae music in that movie. And that was the first time that I hear good reggae music. Not uh, my boy, lollipop or things like that, but really good reggae music. And that was my first experience with it, the first time. And from that moment I said, I have to find those records of reggae. That's great, that's fantastic. Once he was released, Jean began looking for the music that he had heard from the TV loudspeakers, that music that was the only ray of light able to break his personal darkness. In the 70s, I didn't find it here in Leuven, in Belgium. And I read in uh, some journal something about Bob Marley, and I go to all the record shops of the town here, and nothing to find. And then I found one record that was uh, burning. And I was uh, playing it from the morning till the evening late, all the time. And that helps me through that bad period. That happiness that drugs couldn't provide and that peace that psychiatric treatments weren't able to build were brought in Jean's life by the offbeat rhythm music from Jamaica. Uh, in that time there were no things like a Walkman. But when I was uh, riding in the car or I was doing things, uh, it was like that music was in my head like, like a Walkman, but then in my head and I had very good feelings of it. Jean guides me and Katarina through his huge collection of compact discs. Yeah, look at this. There is... Yeah, that doesn't seem to work. Maybe we try the other one? Yeah. Yeah, this is plugged in here. Ah, oh, wait, this is perhaps not plugged in properly. Do you want me to hold this? Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. We help him to connect to additional loudspeakers to make his music rock the house. It's the number five. Ian, two, three, four. Yes. And now I deserve. Sometimes, regularly, when I hear some reggae, still after all these years, tears come into my eyes. I never get tired of old songs of Bob Marley, never, or Burning Spear, or Augustus Pablo, I never get tired, never, never, never. And I listen more and more to the words they say. Jean gave his hair a padding bowl cut when he was a Beatles fan, and then Pompadour for Elvis, Long for Led Zeppelin, and Afro for Jimi Hendrix. When he finally met the music of his life, though, he couldn't have the hairstyle he was dreaming about. Just leave it, wash it, you don't call it. Sometimes I thought to wear dreadlocks, but I didn't know how with my European hair, I have no Afro hair, I had to do it. And I didn't find nobody who can make dreadlocks for me, so I let it with short hair. 
Sean went on with his life in the small Flemish city of Leuven, buying records, listening to reggae music and attending the local art school. In the meantime, Belgian society started to change. New immigrants arrived and their communities began mixing with the Flemish one. All the fascinating cultures that Jean had found during his trips in the late 60s, they were now sharing the same streets and spaces. And then, at the art school where I go, there was a guy mixed black and white and he has his hair in long dreadlocks. He gave me an address here in Leuven where I can uh, do my dreadlocks. And he said, you can do it, your hair is... You can try it. And then I go there and there was a, a girl from Haiti and she said, I'm gonna give you, make you very good dreadlocks that everybody is jealous of you. And uh, But in the beginning, my hair was not long enough. After when my hair gets longer, it takes more and more form and it, I think it's gonna be still better. After all those years, I decide to have dreadlocks, but I'm very glad that I have it now that way. Today, Uncle Jean finally has the hair he wanted to have for the past 30 years. A kind of hairstyle that you can't fix with an haircut. It needs daily care and attention. Now now is my hair... uh, Yeah, it's interwoven. Interwoven enough. I do not have to put gel on it no more. I can wash it with a special shampoo that I bought in that African shop. Regularly I go to that shop where, with the two hairdressers and uh, they make my hair more interwoven and with the time they don't have to do so much on my dreadlocks. So that's what I wanted and, uh, <laughs> and it's going to stay that way. For almost two hours my friend Katarina asked all the questions she never got to ask her uncle and he shared with her all the past he had never got the chance to share with her before. Then, out of the blue, they both turned to me and they remember I am also here with them, in the room, staring at this moving family picture with a microphone in my hands. I decide to break the ice, and I do it with the most stupid question possible. Um, now, I just wanted to ask you, what is your... Uh, favorite reggae song? My favorite reggae song? I like very much, of course, Bob Marley, but also Burning Spear, Augustus Pablo, and Lee Scratch Perry. From Bob Marley in the beginning, one of my favorite songs was Feel Them Spirit, yes. But I, I like all, all his songs. And, um, and I even go further with the second most stupid question possible. Can you sing it a little? The... Oh, I have no voice. Some few words. Feel them spirit. Feel them spirit. Feel them spirit. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I'm gonna put it on. But I'm Jean gonna African put it on. African shop food. Lord, I thank African you. African shop food. Lord, I thank you. It's there, food. We can see it. Like Uncle Jean, I've had my dark periods, and I still have dark days sometimes. 
And when I get out from the darkness, I look at myself in the mirror and the first thing I notice is that my hair needs a trim. And that it got so long and so ugly because I gave it the wrong food. My fears, my weaknesses, my bad character and the bloody sadness that has followed me since I was a kid. Dag Janik, ja. <laughs> Ik zal nog een product kopen. Ja. Uh, die speciale shampoo voor ja. dreads. Next time that I'll see the darkness coming, what if I try to feed my hair with something new? Oké. Okay. Vijf. Dat staat op. Let's dread conditioning shampoo with natural oil. What if I face it with an offbeat rhythm? It's formulated especially for today's dreadlocks hairstyles. Contains natural oils, conditioners, hair and scalp. What if I get up and stand up? That's, it smells very good. <laughs> like Uncle Jean did so many times in his life. Okay, bedankt hè. When people pose for a photo, mostly they don't show them like they really are. They want to look better, they want to look nice. I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. They have to take me like I am. That's why I have my hair now in dreadlocks. There are people who don't like it. Other people, they say it's something for you. Older people in my streets, they f- find me a strange man. But I know who I am and by experience, I know that they're gonna always find me a little bit strange. Even when I doing everything with my haircut, my clothes, everything to please other people or to be accepted. Always they're gonna find me strange. So I give it up, I said, je m'en fous. I don't care, I don't care, I just don't care. This episode of Meet has been produced by me, Jonathan Zenti, in collaboration with one of the greatest independent radio producers in Europe, Katarina Smets. If you want to know how good she is in making radio, go to radioatlas.org and listen to her piece, The Writer. Let the thrills run along your spine. A special thanks goes to Jean and all the Cozy's Matt's family, who made me feel very special during my staying in Antwerp. This episode has been made for Radiotopia's podcast, created by PRX and made possible with funds from the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation. I am honored that I could count on Julia Barton for the editing of this episode. Now I owe her a big and tasty Italian gelato. Graphic design is made by Valentina Merzi. Original music is composed and produced by me, and the opening song is performed by Valentina Zigliani, and it is available for download on meetpodcast.com. If you had subscribed the newsletter, you had the chance to see a video of the song, and also you could see some pictures from the recorded session with Uncle Jean. If you hadn't signed up to the newsletter, you just missed it. Do it now if you don't want to miss what is coming next. For this episode I used music also from Dr. Tartle, Subset, Mad Dread and Selva de Mar. Meat is handcrafted in poverty with cure and love, so be patient. Next episode is coming in a month, I hope, and I'll drive your ears to a very rural area of Kenya, where Alice will tell me how you can build your intimacy when you miss an essential part of it. Thanks for listening. Nothing's running through my mind, no.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.